0: Let's go.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. Chris Marone. And we have a lot to talk about this Mm -hmm. week. This was Black Monday week where everyone was fired in the NFL. And we have a lot to talk Ah. about when it comes to legendary and... Pseudo legendary coaches that left the game, or at least are, are changing their jobs, is is that a, a phrase? Pseudo um,
0: uh, legend. I mean. Legend in their own mind might be a better, more exactly, more colloquial used term. But I like pseudo legend. You're you're a right kind of. I'm a pseudo legend. <laughs> the idea that you are some amazing,
1: legendary, epic coach. Mm-hmm. No, you are creation of your good fortune and the media. We're going to expose that here in just a bit. Uh, okay. But there also was a lot else in the news. Donald Trump actually. I, I don't know if he could be more of a nightmare for your uh, for an attorney. I know we've had all, we've all had crazy clients <sighs> before. Uh, here, he the client wanted to give closing arguments during his case. I can't imagine a worst of nightmare Horrible. to have a client who says, Horrible. hey, your honor. I know the case is wrapping up. I have a few words I wanted to say. Well, I guess if your client is Donald Trump, maybe it might not be that bad. The NFL, uh, I mean, the, the Supreme Court is in the news with a yeah. couple of interesting cases we're going to get to. Weird cases. Um, and Chris, I, I, I hear it's, it's your birthday. Are you now coming up to your third decade?
0: Ooh, man, I wish I was still in my third decade. That, <laughs> my knees wouldn't hurt as much. Yeah, I woke up this morning and my back, let me know it was my birthday, pretty much. I'm in. I'm in go. the ibuprofen era of life That's where we're at
1: that you know what don't ever let the old man in that is a oh. good phrase just keep yep. living young man ignore those creeks keep pumping the <laughs> ibuprofen right. and just keep don't let the old
0: man in man the dinner reservations are getting like earlier and earlier now and i'm kind of looking at myself like ah. like my wife booked a there's a really great steakhouse that we love here in tempe arizona shout out to uh peppermill steakhouse one of the best and she's like, oh, I got a 5 o'clock reservation. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're doing the 8 o'clock reservation, okay? We're not going to dinner at 5 o'clock with every other geriatric, like, snowbird that's down here right now.
1: 8 o'clock. I need to give in to that one. Ignore it. Don't let the old man. When it comes to dinner reservations, let the old man in.
0: 4.45 is even better. No. 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 We're getting started. Like, we are doing dinner at 8, and then we're going to go, I don't care where, but we are – not going to be you, you me up
1: before the meal came. We went out at eight o'clock at night to go to dinner. That <laughs> That is no, that's too late. Yeah. That's you need to start earlier. Those people have, they're onto something when they go to the restaurants at five o'clock. Megan's like, I need to
0: have a pre dinner nap. So that way I can be out past eight o'clock. And I'm like, wait, wait we were young once.
1: We're oh man. Wild. I visited one of my clients in New York city and with my wife and uh-huh. he was going to take us out to, to dinner. So like, Sure what time five six he picked this up at the airport at 10
0: 45 at night i love this man me and him me and this no client way. man
1: that was my worst nightmare like you cannot be picking me up at 10 45 to go out to
0: dinner yep where it's at man we got i look we gotta do it ma'am that's how right, we keep well, the I old have... man out we don't go to bed at 4 45 I... p.m we don't eat dinner during I, had happy interesting
1: hour. Tra- I had an interesting travel story this week. So I had to go meet with a client uh, in um, uh, Denver, Colorado. Oh, fun. So I I, is such a short drive from my house that I thought, I'll just go ahead. and uh, uh, it, It's seven hours. Oh, it's that's right not bad. That, that, no, you're not going to fly seven hours. I mean, I'll, I'm mean, i just going to drive it. Yeah. So I, I get an early start because I want to get out there to Denver, Colorado, see the mountains and whatnot. And then Beautiful. the w- weather starts to get a little bad. It starts to rain a little bit. And then it starts to snow, and it was horrendous. I mean, the oh, snow is coming down. I could not – there was not any um, speck of concrete that you could see. You're, dra- you're traveling on just on 100% good. pure snow. It's coming down. It's so bad, the snow plows are on the side of the road. They won't even plow this because it's so bad. The wind is just blowing and howling. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. There's cars out there. We're all going 15 miles an hour. Yep. Chris is so bad, we couldn't even get off the interstate. Because if you, you looked at the exit ramp and you thought, I don't know if I can even make it to the top of that exit ramp. Yeah. I'm going to get stuck and, and, and roll off the side of the ditch so I can't even get off the, the interstate. So finally, I got to a place where, and I was running out of gas. I got to a place where the exit ramp kind of went down. Okay. So I thought, you know what, I think I can make this one. And so I got off at that exit ramp, which was in Colby, Kansas, to get some gas because I was running out of gas. And again, the traffic was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, They shut the interstates down. There I am stuck in Colby, Kansas for well over 24 hours. And so what do you do in Colby, Kansas during a snowstorm? So I went to this coffee shop and I, so I opened up the door and the lady said, just I'll, I'll let you know we are closing. I go, It's one o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) They didn't. I don't know if they don't want to let the old man in. I don't know what was going on about that, but I think they realized the snow's coming in. I don't want to get stuck here (laughs) serving customers. And so she was closing up shop. Yeah, I was stuck for 24 hours in Colby, Kansas. Was there a Denny's? (sighs) There wasn't even a Denny's. I mean, yeah, there were some restaurants. They were all pretty much all closed. I found a Mexican restaurant and I went and hung out there. Uh, and so it was actually, it was enjoyable. Oh, and then, then the next day, uh, they still did not open up the interstates. And so I took the back roads into Denver, Colorado, finally made it, you know, sometime in the
0: middle of that day. Got to meet with a client. So You know what you uh, need to first find, time, Joel? You got to find a Waffle that? House. Do you know that there's a weather a weather pattern system based around the opening and closing of a Waffle House? I did not know that. Yeah, National Weather Service. They have a Waffle House scale of inclement weather. And if the Waffle House is closed... We're in trouble. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Weird. I mean, Armageddon is you where we're You better at. have a water supply.
1: Because That's right. It is. You're going to be stuck in your house for quite some time. That's right. All right. Well, hey, uh, what was in the legal news this last week? There Ooh, was a lot going on. Tons. Donald Trump uh, was in his the final stages of his civil fraud trial there in New York City, uh, a.k.a. political Witch hunt, and so during they had closing arguments this last week, and sort the of. judge kind of allowed Donald Trump to to give a statement. Now his lawyers wanted to Donald Trump to be allowed to give a statement. Right, it was going to be a nip and tuck whether or not the judge was going to allow that. So then the judge basically asked Trump, "Well, can you can you um, keep it to a couple of minutes? Uh, you know, can you keep it within just the the evidence to the facts of the case?" Yep you can't ask Donald Trump a question because now he gets to answer that question. And so he got his minute there to, to uh, stand up and give his closing argument. So we said, this was a political witch hunt. Uh, And he said, um, what happened to me, sir, is fraud upon me. Uh, He said, um, uh, the lawyers for the other side, said Mr. Trump was certainly in the loop to review and approve the statements we're talking about the financial statements that he was alleged that he defrauded his investors with. Mm-hmm. And the court should infer that he acted with intended fraud based upon his extensive knowledge about these assets. Now, Chris, what's interesting to me about Donald Trump's civil case is that the prosecution is relying on their expert witness, Michael Cohen. In fact, they even referenced Michael Cohen in their closing argument. Uh, and the problem with, with relying on Michael Cohen's testimony is, number one, He's a proven liar and perjurer, so you don't want to rely on, on that testimony. But even though I just said that, Michael Cohen, the prosecution star witness, testified that Trump did not tell him directly to inflate the numbers. Instead, Michael Cohen said, no, we just kind of understood that's what the boss wanted, but he never actually told us to do that. Mm-hmm. Chris, any thoughts on this case as is as now headed to the judge to decide?
0: Yeah, Donald Trump is guilty of fraud. Like at the end of the day, yeah, Michael Cohen is a piece. Like every other circumstantial piece of the puzzle, Michael Cohen is a piece. Is he the star? Mm, That's debatable. But I think that the prosecution put together a pretty decent case against Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's his own worst enemy at the end of the day. He thinks he knows more than he does. He he overinflates everything. He's a narcissist. And man, I I don't know legitimately if there's enough money in the world for me to – for me to be able to say, yeah, let Donald Trump do his own closing argument. <laughs> like it, d- d- no, like just, if <sighs> juries and judges and everyone are, subsep- are susceptible to how you feel about the individual. Yeah. We get read jury instructions all the time. We get read these instructions that say, you know, you have to separate emotion from fact and you can't assume that anybody's guilty and da, 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 but it's hard to do that. And it's hard for the layperson to do that. So anything that you're going to do to provoke this absolute trash bag of a person to get up and somehow defend himself for being innocent, mm, not the winning strategy. I, Michael Cohen may have done a little bit damage, but Trump is his own worst enemy every single so time
1: let, let's analyze this two different ways because this this case is fascinating to me i mean i do mm-hmm. believe this is the political witch hunt. is believe fine that everyone 10 other if there's 100 people out there 99 of the other people who all did the exact same thing there's only one case being brought and that's the one case against donald trump he made welcome to america on, a, on an application for a loan and which the loan is fully paid back and I, uh, also, it, it contained a disclaimer that you do your own, uh, you know, analysis and evaluation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it, this is brought against anyone else other than Donald Trump. That being said, um, the, what, what is actually involved here? Well, disgorgement of ill-gotten gains—that is what the judge is going to have to decide. How much? Mm-hmm. Let's say that the the judge says, "Yeah, I think Trump defrauded the um, um, the, the bank of, mm-hmm. of this um, uh, when he said." Uh, hey, this property is worth X amount of dollars, and somehow that was fraud that the bank then relied upon. Mm-hmm. I, get, I don't buy any of this. I don't think the bank relied on one iota on the Donald Trump's valuations of his own property. There's, there's no reliance here. That's why in my mind there's no fraud. But let me, let's get past that. Then the issue is going to be disgorgement of ill-gotten gains. Mm-hmm. And so how much money – and they're they're seeking 370 million dollars. I mean, this they are trying to just take Donald Trump and fleece him for all he's worth there in New York City. Good. And I think the appeals court will not allow for that. I think when the I don't know what this judge is gonna do when it gets up on appeal, I think Sandy will will come back in and if they say if there was fraud there was really no harm from this fraud because the loan would have been given anyways. And so it's not gonna be $370 million. It's gonna be somewhere in the tune of maybe a couple million, something that's more reasonable as a fine and not turn over your entire business. That being said, here I think, Chris, is the real takeaway from this case. Uh, And so um, uh, I've read this from a CNN report that the president will be back in court next week in a Manhattan courthouse because he also is facing trial from E. Jean Carroll. If you don't remember, she was mm-hmm. a magazine columnist that sued him for defamation. Um, and one, su- Yeah, and then, um, uh, and then after. Actually, I think she sued him for a sexual assault and then defamation because yep. Donald Trump said some additional things about it. And so now Shocking. there's another defamation case Shocking. being brought against Donald Trump. Uh, and so here, this is my point. This is what Donald Trump said about going to Gene E. Gene Carroll's uh, trial. I want to go to all of my trials. Chris, I think that phrase right there sums it up. <laughs> this is a campaign strategy and it is working for mm-hmm. Donald Trump. He is number one in the polls by a long shot. He said, I want to go to all of my trials. Chris, this is free publicity. So yeah, we can argue the the law on this. We can argue the um uh, the you know how it should be applied whether or not he's being
0: duped. I think he likes these. Oh, he and, and this is part of his how he plans to run for president. Narcissists love the spotlight. There is what is it? Um, no press is bad press or whatever you know whatever that old phrase is. Um, right. He loves it. absolutely no such he, thing as bad press. Thank you. That's what it is. I appreciate that. Um, he like he is so in love with himself. That it doesn't matter that he could possibly go to jail, where there are no cameras, right? There, it, I don't it, think he actually thinks he's going to go to jail. No, for narcissists never do.
1: Period of time. Narcissists uh, and is...
0: sociopaths never think they're going to go to jail. No.
1: I, I do think the Georgia case does pose that that threat mm-hmm. there, but I, I think um, uh, somehow our legal system will not, not allow for that to happen in this right. case. I, I really fined. do fear for America. If if someone would take their political witch hunt to that level, oh, we again, we, at one of these podcasts, we are going to review all of these legal proceedings because nobody's done it in the past. And it's going to come back up here in the spring and fall of next mm-hmm. year. Uh, and so we're actually going to do a couple of CLE classes as well on these cases. Um, but, It would be very dangerous, I think, in America if you were to take the leading candidate to be the next president of the United States and say, we're going to throw him in jail. I, I do fear for our country
0: if that actually does happen. See, that's part of my problem with that is that he's the leading candidate based on biased polls. Like polls are notoriously wrong notoriously wrong right if you look back at 2016 all the polling said hillary clinton was going to win presidency right polls are notoriously are are out of whack people just say things to say things now so i don't think that but these are all the
1: polls i mean the vast vast majority we're talking cnn msnbc everyone
0: Uh, said hillary clinton was going to win the presidency until eight o'clock on election night when the votes started coming in and all of a sudden donald trump was going to be the president everybody even the republican party was saying hillary clinton was going to be president republican but, pollsters polls no, are I notoriously think... unreliable so yes is donald trump the front runner obviously he gets the most media attention he's the loudest blowhard on the entire team and people love him and they they're donating money hand over fist
1: i do think um it, the race could get interesting i mean Absolutely. I, i've followed enough races Absolutely. to know that if you have this kind of lead you are you're a shoe in and, well, I, and I was in what? afraid
0: Iowa's in four days, yes. five days as so Iowa. We're going to see Donald Trump win Iowa and not even is... like be in a debate or really campaign.
1: Well, but yeah, this is how it will get interesting. So Chris Christie just stepped down. He did? The majority of his votes, if not all of his votes We'll go to Nikki Haley. Absolutely. I can't imagine anyone voting for Chris Christie who then says, okay, now I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Might some of those votes go to Ron DeSantis? Yes, some of those might go to Ron DeSantis. Mm. But I think Nikki Haley is going to get the majority of the Chris Christie votes. Yep. And, and so th- this is done right before Iowa. She's going to get a bump up. Now, nah, is she going to come in? Third in Iowa. I think that's pretty safe to say she won't do any worse than third. Right. Might she beat Ron DeSantis? Well, again, Maybe. late poll says that says that she will, but they also say that Ron DeSantis has the best ground game there in, in Iowa. So they're expecting Ron DeSantis to outperform his poll numbers. So who knows? But let's just say that Nikki Haley beats Ron DeSantis and gets some momentum. Okay, now we are going to go to New Hampshire. And in New Hampshire. Hampshire, Chris Christie. Owned, was one of the leading uh New Hampshire uh, candidates there, right?
0: Yeah, that's and his backyard. so now
1: all of his votes are going to go to Nikki Haley. Might she come in a really close second there in New Hampshire? Might she even win New Hampshire? Yeah, she didn't all take that momentum where South Carolina, which Familiar is where ground she was a ground for her, governor, Familiar ground for her, exactly. They love her in South Carolina, so. Right. After the third week of the primaries or the third primary, yeah, might we be looking at a different game? If Nikki Haley can pull off a win in South Carolina,
0: does that reset the deck? Absolutely. I literally think, and this is, you know, my my left position, is that it's gonna be a Nikki Haley Chris Christie ticket. And I think that I mean, and I think that beats Joe Biden every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Interesting. The the path to the white house is is any road but donald trump and so I, I i think that i think i think she can perform well i think she'll pull uh i think she'll pull a tight second in iowa right behind donald and then donald's just going to her.
1: now when you say tight let's, let's be relative here we're not actually talking tight tight we're just talking tighter than the polls and i think as long Mo- as it's tighter than the polls it's right. going to show she has momentum right. going I, forward i, I mean I it's not going to be 33 to 32, right? It, it's going to be yeah. maybe if it's 45 35, that's a
0: huge win for mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. Obviously, yeah, she yeah. would have lost. Also, my soapbox time all primaries should be on the same day, all 50 primaries should be on the same day. You know, I haven't heard that before. That's interesting. The all no, I am tired of this. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina deciding who, who my presidential candidate is going to be. Put all 18 on the ballot, and we get to pick on the same day. So that way, primary voters in Arizona aren't. I mean, our primary is not until late March, early April. I think it is right. It is
1: interesting that sometimes when you get to those later primaries, yeah, like even Kansas, recent they they canceled it because it was done by then. It was decided. Why go through all the cost right. when it's already a done deal? Exactly. Iowa and New Hampshire already decided who's going to be the next president of the United States, or at least one of the right. or one of the next presidents um, right and it, one of the few candidates that are there
0: why it, i think primaries on on different days discourage people from voting like you if like, i'm in a heavily democratic state like i grew up in california and i voted in california most of my life by the time the primary got to me like obama hillary clinton obama had already had it sewn up i know like, it does in my lifetime you're right that's <laughs> the way it's been right and and that why why should i go vote why should I take the time out of my day to go stand in line and vote if I know my vote isn't going to count? Like, if it's already decided, why does it matter?
1: So I am fascinated to see how this primary season is going to play itself out. But speaking of octogenarians who yep. no longer should be in the game, Ooh. let's transition now and talk a little
0: football. That's a solid transition. That's a good... was it? That's a solid yeah. transition. Good for you. Look at you picking that up. <laughs>
1: We just had two coaches step down because they're yeah. maybe too old to coach football. Maybe they still would be considered youngins in the presidential game. Uh, absolutely. Cr- they, they're going to start their second career in the U S uh, house of representatives. They, they, they could be announcing they're going to run for president. I have no idea absolutely. if they're Republican or Democrat, but you know what? It is a possibility, <laughs> but yeah, this Republican. last week was known as black Monday. It'd be the first Monday after the NFL season is over. Yep. And that's when all these coaches get fired. Well, there were three coaches this last week who stepped down and or were pushed out, maybe fired. And it was um, Bill Bilicek, yep Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll. And wow. I am going to suggest these are three legends of the game. Uh, now, Chris, I know everything happens in three. Um, I heard some talking heads say that the Pete Carroll does not deserve to be in that list with the other two. And they were really bothered that whenever they talked about these three legendary coaches that Pete Carroll's mission with the other two, Chris, I was taken aback by that because I Mm. actually think that Pete Carroll is the better coach than um, Bill Belichick. What do you think about that? Who was the better coach, Belichick or Carroll? Wow.
0: It's, it's hard because, You can't say Bill Belichick without saying Tom Brady. There's no Bill Belichick empire, whatever, without Tom Brady. Yeah, you don't have that same thing with Pete Carroll. Who are you going to tie around Pete Carroll's neck? Who carried Pete Carroll for his entire career? Pete did that. Pete carried Pete carried himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's there's so many different elements that goes into this. But you're one of the difficulties in analyzing a player or a coach is it's a team game. It's not like in tennis where you have just one player out there or in boxing. I mean, it's it's a team game and coaches, they don't, they're not, they're never actually on the field playing the game. They're on the sidelines. Right. Uh, meanwhile when you're looking at a player you can't just simply say oh it's the player because that player is playing in a system would patrick mahomes be the same patrick mahomes if he was playing for a defensive minded coach there in new orleans i mean you don't know that Uh, so it takes a team so it's really hard to analyze how good a coach did when you only have one main player and
0: And it's also yeah go on because i was i look i'm looking at cross sports and uh, in the NFL. And I know this is going to be a, a really good ego boost for you right now, but you look at Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles and what he did with that organization. And then you look at Andy Reid and what he did with the Kansas city chiefs and what he yes. did with that organization. And both times he took a less than stellar organization and raised them up to the levels of, Super Bowl and MVPs and yes, all those things. So you could say Andy Reid. If you use the if you use the Reid standard test, which I'm going to call it from here on out, the Reid standard. You know he's he's a first ballot Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yes, because he was able to take other players that weren't fantastic and be able to raise their caliber, kind of like what Mike McDaniel is doing down in uh, Miami right now. Or what Sean McVay did in his first couple of years with the with the Rams, right? You took you took players and and you built them up. Belichick, and no 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 hate to him whatsoever is he got a winning lottery ticket with Tom Brady and he rode that for a, well, an unprecedented 10, 12 years of
1: of coaching. So I, I love your Andy Reid commentary, uh, and so let me just expound on that just a little bit because. What Andy Reid coached for the Eagles and then he coached for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And because of how he's coached the Chiefs, people are now putting Andy Reed in the conversation as being one of the best coaches ever because of what he's done with the Chiefs. But did he, is he doing a better job with the Chiefs than he did with the Eagles? I mean, is it's the same Andy Reid, the same brilliant coach, or is it the fact that now he has Patrick Mahomes on the, you know, playing quarterback? Which yeah, kudos to him for drafting Patrick Mahomes. Right. There is some element there, but there's also a little bit of luck. Did he really know Patrick Mahomes is gonna be that great and that good? So I'm gonna I would suggest he's the same coach, the same Andy Reid that coached right. in Philadelphia that is coaching in the can- for the Kansas City Chiefs but because his players are better it looks like he's a better coach when he might have been doing a better job with worse players in okay. Philadelphia Again, I'm not saying that's an absolute fact I'm just right. saying that's why it's difficult to analyze and evaluate a coach's job just based upon their, their number of wins
0: right and i mean if you look at like how would mac jones have performed if he got drafted into San Francisco instead right. of Brock Purdy or how would have how would baker mayfield or how would you know, with the with the system that we see in San Francisco right now, Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant, he's a good quarterback. He, he's doing great things. He may be the next Tom Brady. We don't know. We're three seasons in. But how would Zach Wilson, right, the bust in in New York, would he have been an amazing system quarterback in San Francisco?
1: Yeah. And, that's and do you a really count that point. to
0: Shanahan, or do you count that to Brock Purdy being a good? you know ooh we got a we got a winning lottery ticket with Brock Purdy it's hard
1: so th- there's that element to it. It, it, it are you winning with multiple players or are you right. cuz i think it's fair to say if you win with in multiple with multiple different players and, mm-hmm. and quarterbacks and teams right. That's a better testament to how good of a coach you are right. as compared to you just won with one stud coach. We're going to get to Bill Belichick's stats here in just a bit. Um, but you you mentioned well uh, oh, also the, the fact that you're playing in college and the pros. Right. If you coached in the college and the pros and you won in both settings, does that not speak more to your coaching ability than if you just won with one team in one group of players?
0: Well, and I think that's the Nick Saban issue, right? He coached in the NFL, and he didn't, didn't do that good a job. Didn't, and then he went to Alabama, and it wasn't until recently, right, maybe the last 10 years, five years, seven years, that Roll Tide has become a national thing.
1: Well, I mean, he, he, he coached there for, for let's say, uh, 17 years, I believe, or right. 14 or 17 years. He did, he did a great job there with Alabama. No doubt. Um, but still, it, it's uh, I, I think it speaks – Volumes to to Nick Saban that he won at Michigan State. He won at LSU. Did not win in the pros. Mm-hmm. Went back to college and then was very successful. Jim Harbaugh. So I, I think he's one of the greatest coaches because I think he's done it in multiple spots with multiple systems and multiple yep. players. He's proven he is a great coach. Let's go back now to to Bill Belichick because so I did some study here this week, and these are his numbers, which I find fascinating. So we said, oh, Bill, Bill, the greatest coach of all time. Consider this. I, I, I looked up his career. He started his career coaching with, uh, as a head coach, the Cleveland Browns, by the way, do you know who his defensive coordinator was when he was a coach uh, for the Cleveland Browns? Nick Saban. Nick Saban was his defensive coordinator. I thought that was pretty interesting when I saw young Nick Saban there on the sidelines.
0: And we only know that because they both retired at the same time. And all of a sudden, random pictures are popping up on ESPN of them hugging.
1: I know that isn't that amazing. All right, so with the Browns, his record, which by the way, he apparently had apparently headed the the one of the best coaches of all time as his defensive coordinator, so it should have been better than this. His record with the Browns was thirty six and forty four. Okay, that's not stellar. No, that, but that's pretty crappy. You you would fire your coach for going thirty six and forty four. Uh, in fact, his last. Less. His last season, and I remember this because I was a very much a Cleveland Browns fan at that time because I was a huge Bernie Kozar fan, and he was their quarterback, mm-hmm. had them in first place. Belichick decided to bench his starting quarterback, and they I think they went 5-11 and 11 that year, and Belichick got shown to the door. So he got fired after a 36-44 and 44 run with the Browns, maybe rightfully so because it's not a good record. Then he goes and he coaches the Patriots. Mm-hmm. His first year in one game. Uh, this is all before Brady. All His Brady. record was five and twelve. Looking
0: at the door again.
1: Okay, is that really that good of a record? Five no. and five and twelve. Didn't they okay. just fire the Atlanta Falcons coach for a better record than that? Exactly. And then I remember their quarterback was Drew Bledsoe, and mm-hmm. he got injured. He did. Up from the stands comes. Tom Brady, and then the rest is history, as they say. An amazing career. Mm-hmm. What, 17 years? I'm, I'm forgetting the actual number, oh gosh, how many years he was their, their quarterback there. Uh, maybe it's 50 years. I mean, it's Tom Brady. He, he played forever. It was a long time, is my point here. Yeah. And and uh, the Belichick's record with Tom Brady on the team was then 232-71. and 71. So that wow. is a pretty good record with Tom Brady. I'm going to give you that. Okay, Tom Brady didn't leave. This is what his record was right after Tom Brady. 29 and 38. He went 7 and 9, 10 and 7, 8 and 9, 4 and 13. Chris, let me just uh, summarize those numbers for you. So, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, without Tom Brady, had 10 coaching seasons. Of those 10, only two were winning seasons. Mm hmm how are we even talking about him as being one of the best coaches of all time with Brady 19 winning seasons, zero losing seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: the thing that He's all, not winning with other players. He's just he just won because of Tom, of Brady. Tom Brady. Well, in the chemistry that was there, the chemistry between Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady I, and I'll the agree team, with that. right? And then Tom Brady, Tom Brady did do a lot for the Patriots organization. Robert Kraft did a lot for the Patriots organization, specifically with masseuses. Yes, um, but at, at the end of the day, also there's some there's some game management there. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, he did it with Tom Brady.
1: Yes, but
0: he was able to convince Tom Brady arguably, and I think this is a a fair argument, the greatest of all times, not that... You can make that argument. That's valid to make it. Arguably, right? He kept Tom Brady there for 17, 18, 19 seasons. Right. That in itself. You can't deny the success of those 19 seasons and those
1: six Super Bowl titles. That is an amazing run. But if we're going to talk the best of all time, we have to somehow be able to evaluate, is it just... The chemistry of that one unit, or are you actually a good coach and can win with other players? Because I think yeah. once Tom Brady left and Tom Brady then won a Super Bowl at Tampa Bay, yeah. it really showed that Tom
0: Brady is just a stud. Absolutely. I mean, he's a great quarterback. I'm going to pick a random team out of the hat and I'm going to take them all the way and win a Super Bowl in our home stadium. Yes. Cool. That, that, that was an amazing run. Meanwhile, what happened? Now, I, I
1: can't imagine if you put Andy Reid. On, on the Patriots for the last four years, or if you were to put Mike Tomlin on the Patriots for the last four years, they are not having three out of four losing seasons. I mean, th- that's right. just not going to happen. No. Those guys are too good of coaches. They know how to coach up players right. and make them a win. And I, you had 10 seasons of where Belichick coached without Tom Brady. Eight of those seasons were losing seasons. Right. Now, Chris, you mentioned, but you got to give him credit for drafting Tom Brady. But do you? I absolutely got to give every team.
0: I mean, you're not. He drafted him in the sixth round. He had no... no idea who he was getting. Mm-hmm. Still, like, there's a lot of strategic planning that goes into picking your draft picks. There's yes. a lot of luck, right? There's. I think that's it. There is a lot of luck. There... I mean, there's a lot of luck, and there's a lot of strategy in drafting in your, you know, in in the way that you do it. I'm not saying that. Tom Brady or that Bill Belichick had visionary status when he picked up Tom Brady in the sixth round. But it's also the same idea. Like, and, and we were talking about this in, in the preparation for the show is that Patrick Mahomes went at number 10. Right. Right. It's not vision, but you look at how the puzzle is put together of all the, it, and it, it's incre- incredibly difficult as a head coach and to work with a general manager to put together a draft strategy. This isn't like, like, I, I- it's not like our fantasy football league when we're like, all right, who's the next highest point getter. Okay. Now I'll take Christian McCaffrey. I
1: agree with all that. All I'm saying is if they had even an inkling that Tom Brady was even any level of a serviceable quarterback, right? He would have been drafted well before the sixth round. You don't wait until the sixth round to draft a stud quarterback. They they got lucky with Tom Brady,
0: the quarterback position. Yeah. I'll give you that, but you have a lot of strategy built into how you take your players, right? You don't take a stud middle linebacker at number one right you could pick him up on number you could pick him up in the second or third round and that could be like that could be your your nick bosa or your crosby
1: right when were these a decent
0: quarterback you are not passing on
1: him till the sixth round i think belichick got lucky Mm -hmm. and yes once he got lucky he did great with that there's no doubt Mm -hmm. that he was an amazing coach for those nineteen years, yeah, you gotta give him that. But it, the best of all time is he even better than Pete Carroll? Let's take a look at Pete Carroll's stats. And so, Pete Carroll coached for the Jets; that was his first head coaching job, was six and ten. Then coached New England for three years, and this was his record at New England: ten and six, nine and seven,
0: and eight and eight. But he had Chris. the best two point conversion at New England ever. Ever happened? What what Bear. happened with that? So it was new England playing the Dallas Cowboys and it was late in the season and new England scored a a touchdown and it put it, it put the game out of reach for the Cowboys. And so the Cowboys didn't even put a defense on for the extra point. And so, so Pete Carroll just gave them the, the two throw up the two, because the Cowboys weren't even taking the field. And it was like two (laughs) seconds left in the fourth quarter. So they just ran in a a two point conversion to run up the score and screw the Vegas sports book. Why not? So right there, you got
1: three uh, seasons in New England, not yep. one losing season. He then goes to USC and mm-hmm. is 97 and 19. That's 10 years. Nine bowl wins. So when he lost one bowl game, won two national, national Champions. championships. Mm-hmm. Chris, I think that is, that is a real testament to how good of a coach Pete Carroll course, Then he goes to um, uh, Seattle yep. and has a great season, a great run there with Seattle with who? Russell Wilson
0: Marshawn Lynch Richard how Legion of Doom
1: Russell Wilson is not Tom Brady no uh and they won a bowl (laughs) right they won one Super Bowl almost won a second they they should have won and yes that was a horrible coaching decision that Pete Carroll Mm -hmm. made he has to take the blame for that all I'm saying does I, I think it's tougher to win at the collegiate level at the highest level Mm-hmm. And at the highest level at the pros, and because Pete Carroll did that to me, that's more impressive than what Belichick did when he had arguably the greatest quarterback
0: of all time mm-hmm. for 19 seasons. Well, it became like an expectation that the Patriots were going to win a Super Bowl or at least be in the Super Bowl. Right. I, it was all of the 2000s, the odds, right? 2000 through 2009. Every single year i had to watch the patriots in the damn super bowl like right they were good they were they, they were absolutely i was good. very happy
1: when they broke up they that, were, that was definitely a very happy day for the the oster household
0: that's right well and yeah they they dominated for for years and years and years and years and years but the minute that you know that 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 keystone piece of tom brady left the crumbled Absolutely crumbled immediately. We're not
1: even talking yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know, they had a couple of, pl- no, yeah. I mean, they were he, Brady or Bill. has only had two winning seasons out of 10 without Tom Brady. And so who is yeah. more responsible for that success? Again, I just think hold off on all the accolades that Bill. is the greatest ever. Is he a right. great coach? Yes. Mm-hmm. Far
0: cry from being the goat. Uh, all right. So look, on. Pete Carroll had the best. Goodbye. Press conference out of the three right? Belichick was, was like, "Mm, this is just my time here is done in in New England. I'm going to go find something else. And Pete Carroll was like, man, I love the city of Seattle. I love my wife. I love these people. (laughs) He's crying his eyes out. He's like, I've had an amazing storied career and I couldn't have done it without boom, boom. And he's naming, and his is like the, this absolute humble, you know, I realize that I am in a very rare and unique position in this world, and I appreciate every moment that I've had in it. And Belichick was like, "On to the next." And I'm like, bro, <laughs> you were at New England for 24 years, not on to the next, like right, right? You know, when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis, he penned the absolute, most amazing love letter to the city of Indianapolis and how much it meant to him and how hard it was for him to leave. That's class. Uh,
1: I I like Pete Carroll. I I think he is class. And um, uh, I I wish him well. No. So speaking of all three of them might be the next president of the United States. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Hey, this is playoff week. And Chris, I think this is an amazing week of NFL games. I am so excited for this weekend to come. And so I can watch the NFL games. So I decided to list, rank the games from order to, to least watchable to most watchable. Chris, I did this because I got to have a ranking. I, I got to rank them somehow course, from the, the worst to the best. That being said, I think that the least watchable games is telling as to how great of a weekend this is going to be. So yeah. I'm going to give you my list and then I want your your thoughts on it. So the least watchable game of the six games this weekend okay. will be the Eagles versus the Bucks. And the reason why is the Philadelphia Eagles are just swan diving they are oh my gosh once 10 and 1 and i think they finished the year with 11 wins so they are tanking incredibly this is an epic tank job mm-hmm. when the when your main storyline is can this team that's involved in this horrendous swan dive this epic tank reverse course to beat a barely 500 team that's not that compelling of a
0: storyline can we auction off their division how Look, the Bengals had a better record or the same record as the Bucks, and the Bengals aren't making it to the playoffs. I know, right? Like, can, c- come on, NFC, <laughs> bro. Was when it last
1: in- year that Tom Brady was their quarterback
0: and had a losing record and made it to the postseason? Two years ago, two years ago, okay. two years ago. Yeah, losing record, <laughs> or I think he finished like nine and eight or something like that, or nine
1: and nine. I- Right, right. Yeah, I think it, at the end of the year it was a losing after they lost that postseason game. But yeah, yeah after yeah, losing. after
0: they lost the postseason, it was a losing. And it's like how how can you have a division where everyone sucks? I know.
1: So that to me is not that compelling. Yeah. It is a compelling game, though. I'm gonna watch it because I'm very clock? excited to see how the quarterback Baker Mayfield will do for the, oh, yeah. the Buccaneers. Great... I like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> And I I am fascinated about the Eagles. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They're a great team. So if that is the least watchable game, Chris, this is going to
0: be an amazing weekend of games. Absolutely. But uh, if they lose, I think Jason Kelsey announces his retirement. If they lose to the Bucs.
1: He announces he's going to change and play for the Kansas City Chiefs next year. Oh, center for the Chiefs. I like that. I like it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we will do the tush push. We'll be uh, the best tush push in the league. All right. (laughs) The number two most least watchable game, or mm-hmm. the other way, the fifth best game this season, this, this upcoming week, is going to be the Steelers versus the Bills. Chris, if that is the second least watchable game, again, this is going to be an amazing be great. Yeah. week of games because Absolutely. the Steelers, they're on the rebound. I wrote my notes here and said the Steelers don't have a chance because they have no offense. Mm-hmm. I I they're on their, their backup quarterback or and not because their star quarterback got injured. It's because their star quarterback just stuck and couldn't yeah. play very well. Yeah. And so they, they brought in R- R- Randolph Rudolph, whatever his Something name is his name. from Oklahoma State. And uh, he's a journeyman and they are scoring 30 points a game. Yep. That's a decent offense. I mean, the yep. Chiefs would love to score 30 points a game. <laughs> Everybody would. And Mike Tomlin, I mean, he has has had some postseason success. He's won a Super Bowl. One of the best coaches, I think, in the history of the game. Absolutely. Uh, And so, and then you look at the Bills. The Bills could lose this game. I mean, easily. You you don't know who you're getting. Uh, with Josh Allen, is nope. he going to be a Superman or is he going to be a super dud? I don't know. You don't know. No, he throws no. mind-numbingly stupid interceptions, and then he runs on fourth and twenty, twenty-one yards when he dies with three people on his back. I mean, yeah. he's an amazing athlete. You just don't know what you're getting.
0: Right. You don't know which Josh Allen is showing up that day. So,
1: right. Number. Now, You're, you're going to hate this next one. You're, you're, you're probably going to. Question my intelligence here. The third least watchable game, mm-hmm. fourth most watchable game, or however that works. However that uh Lions versus the Rams. This is the oh, revenge yeah. of the quarterback game. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford going up against his old team, and Goff going up against his former team. I think this that's gonna be fun. Great. It's a fun narrative, it's super fun. It is super fun. And, and both of these teams, Chris, I think. Can win the Super Bowl. In fact, who mm-hmm. do you think who who are you, who are you taking this game? Rams versus the Lions.
0: Lions. I think the Rams might be the better team with the way Detroit. the receivers are playing now. Detroit, all the way. I'm doing Detroit. You're, I I am on that train. I am on the Lion train. I'm doing you it. You are not on the Lions train. You're trying to reverse jinx your uh, the Rams. Nope. I am. So my new brother in law, my my sister's husband, who they got married during the season, he is a giant, ginormous lions fan okay so for family solidarity dean there you go family solidarity bro that is lions.
1: an amazing game right there all right Oh, it's gonna be fun. The, the the third best game this upcoming weekend according to my uh study here is uh-huh. uh, my poll the browns versus the texans this game is going to involve the Texans who had Deshaun Watson as their stud quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah, he had yeah. too many masseuses. They kicked him out of town, and it's so they replaced him with C.J. Stroud. Where did Deshaun Watson go? Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns. Of course, he'll be sitting on the sidelines. As he should. Yeah, he's been injured. I have no idea mm-hmm. how, what kind of treatment he'll be receiving there. But it's still, it's a compelling storyline. I think the Texans are better off now with C.J. Stroud. But yeah. there's a difference between having regular season success and post season success. Will CJ Stroud be a stud or will he be a dud? We will
0: find out yeah. this weekend. I'm going to go with stud, but also Me- you got Flacco who came from, you know, he was playing for lazy boys couches league. <laughs> not too long ago. That is an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, who I remember Joe Flacco
1: as being a post season stud. He was yes. very pedestrian. Yes. During the regular season, when it came time for the postseason, he took out off his cape or I mean, he put his cape on. I mean, he was an amazing yeah, game over. He, yeah, he was lucky. lights out. He was great. He won the Super
0: Bowl. I yeah. mean, he is a Super Bowl champion. Right, and the Cleveland Browns can become Super Bowl champions. They can with a two hundred fifty million dollar quarterback sitting on the sidelines.
1: The, 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 a lot of compelling storylines with that with yeah. uh, with the Browns versus Texans game number two um in my list of best mm-hmm. games to watch this upcoming weekend the cowboys versus the packers
0: oh, yeah I'm sure not even actually... watching that game no you're not, not watching it no i think it's actually during the time when we're at church so it's not like i'm gonna watch it during church um but that's why god created the cell phone n- bro <laughs> i don't know if you understand how the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints work i sit up in front of the congregation looking at, i can't i can't be watching nfl red zone while I'm looking out at my kids. Let me just
1: give you this thought that you would be doing everyone in your service a favor because they're all wondering what is going on. Their mind is <laughs> distracted, but that being said, yeah, I know this is Cowboys versus Packers. <laughs> I get it. But the Cowboys again, as much as I love quarterback success, and I think the post season wow. is based upon the quarterback we don't know yet with their quarterback. I, want the I to think win so their bad. quarterback, Dak Prescott, has so much to gain here and so much yep. to lose because he yep. is considered a complete disaster when <laughs> it comes to the postseason play. And he might be the MVP of this year. Um, I, it's one of two candidates who might be the MVP. But what if they lose first round? Will they fire their coach? I hope Will so. Will Dallas do an
0: overhaul there? I hope so. I, I hope know. I hope they... I, I just. I just hope that... Short of injuries, right? Short of injuries, I hope Dallas just flounders in this game.
1: And And John Love just punks him. Remember, the Packers moved on from Aaron Rodgers. And I've been maintaining, you've been maintaining that Aaron Rodgers pretty much has been a postseason dud. Mm -hmm. He is a stud quarterback. He's an incredible quarterback, incredible talent. But he does not have the postseason success to back that up. In fact, I think in the recent years, he had two home games during the postseason, lost both of those home games. And so he's not been that great in postseason. They moved on from Aaron Rodgers, and they went with Jordan Love. This will be his first time at the helm of the Green Bay Packers as they enter the postseason. So you went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, now to Jordan Love. Will they continue the extreme luck when it comes to quarterback drafting there
0: in Green Bay? An amazing game to watch. I hope so. And also I just want Dallas to lose, right? I, there's, there's no other to, reason. Just that. want Dallas to lose. And of course, the number
1: one game to watch is, I'll let you guess this one.
0: Hmm. Is
1: is it the Kansas the Kansas Wait, does Kansas City have a bye this week? They they do they are playing the <laughs> the beach loving warm loving living Miami Dolphins. They have that's to come intense. from sunny Miami, Florida, where they're probably Gosh. on the beach today, enjoying lapping up the sun. Taylor do you know what the weather Kelsey is going? Just... Yes. Yeah. Do you know what the weather is going to be here in Kansas City on on this Saturday?
0: Isn't it like negative two or something?
1: Yes. So eight degrees will be the high. Negative eight will be the low. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, this cold front is coming in later in the day. So this negative eight mm-hmm. might be reached by the end of the game. And this is Ooh. massive cold front here. Do you know who Miami's quarterback is? Tua, do you know where he is
0: from? America, Samoa,
1: Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. That's not exactly cold weather. No. Uh, and so this team is going to be in shock when
0: it comes up here. But that mm-hmm. being said. They should have been there all week tire- practicing. They should have been yeah. like in a hockey rink in right. four feet of snow practicing.
1: And that's what the Chiefs have been doing. The Chiefs actually have been practicing outside of this week trying to get re- ready yeah. for this horrendously cold weather. Uh, that being said, the Chiefs have had the drops this year. That's been a well-traveled storyline about how the Chiefs receivers can't hold on to the balls. If they can't hold on to the ball in 50-degree weather, what chance do
0: they have when it's negative four? Oh, it's not. But what I will say is that the Chiefs turn it up in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that just because we're friends, Joel. They really do. They really turn it up in the playoffs. So, yeah, you can have some rumbling stumbling fumbling bumbling dropping passes but when it comes to the playoffs they're professionals and and they know and they know how to win in the playoffs and they know how to win under pressure
1: right it's gonna be a fascinating game because tyree kill is coming back home i say oh yeah part of his career there in kansas city Mm -hmm. and so he's gonna love being back here at arrowhead but it is cold and i don't think He's gonna like the cold weather, and so it's just so many great storylines. But of course, the number one storyline is is the defending Super Bowl champs, and mm-hmm. they're on the ropes. Well, you can't you got to knock out the champ, and is Miami going to be up to the task of knocking out the champ? I say no. I I, I think Kansas City's going to win this in a landslide. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought here. There's just so much going the way it's in Kansas City's going to dominate. But that's game. a
0: rough schedule for Kansas City, though, right? Because they advance and then they play probably buffalo right yeah, i assume buffalo is going to win right. against the steelers right so then and then they're probably going to play
1: baltimore no baltimore's going to lose first round oh we'll talk about that next week there's no yeah buffalo's lose
0: I, I love that for you. I love that. <laughs> There's
1: no shot. All right. All right. Hey, it's going to be an amazing <laughs> week of football. Well, let's let's finish up here though with one more legal story. The Supreme Court was in, oh, in yeah. the news this last week. Crazy. Uh, they have an interesting lawsuit there in in the, at the Supreme Court which I'm kind of curious about cuz I am I am thinking about buying land and building a house on it. The problem is I'm I I have no idea what to expect I, I fear going to the city and say i want to build my house i want a builder to do that i want to go to a subdivision where it's already been done right. i'm just afraid of all the fees that the city might throw my weight well george sheets a resident in is it placerville california yep. Plac- it's right of outside woods. of sacramento actually it's a little northeast of sacramento Okay, He applied for a permit in 2016 to build a house there in in Placerville, Mm -hmm. and the county of El Dorado told him that to to apply for the permit, he had to pay $24,000 for a traffic impact mitigation fee. Traffic. That scares me. 24 you got to study the traffic patterns to build a house and you got to pay $24,000. Is this a boondoggle for the county? Really? Do you do you need to charge $24,000
0: for this well, kind of study? Also, I I want to put this into perspective. So Placerville's kind of in the area where I grew up. You travel through Placerville from where I grew up to get to Lake Tahoe. Um there's not a lot of traffic. Just pointing it out, it is a very like I actually interviewed for a public defender's job at the El Dorado County Public Defender's Office, which is based in Placerville. There's nothing there. There's no the the, the traffic is pass through traffic. So unless homeboys building a I don't know SoFi Stadium, right? Like you're not going to have a traffic impact on that area. You're adding three cars, four, maybe Someone's ten at the holidays, deal.
1: right? So that, that's the issue in this case. It's a grab. It's such a grab. If the government imposes some kind of regulation like that, some kind of outrageous fee, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, a tax, a fee, but you got to pay $24,000. Should the government have some solid basis yeah, for making absolutely. that request? And so absolutely. here's a test. It's called the Nolan and the Dolan case. And so Ooh. these two cases kind of set the standard here that if the if the government is going to require you to do something to get a land use permit, okay. it must show that that condition that, that every requ- that requirement is closely related and roughly proportional to the effects of the proposed land use. So, in other words, there has to be some kind of really good reason, not okay. not. Yeah, this, this is not right. strict scrutiny it's right. not like compelling passes but so you got to have a good basis for asking this making this request right and that's the issue that's going up before the supreme court chris
0: any thoughts on this um uh, this case i mean the the county of el dorado is really going to have to argue something fierce here to to justify why twenty four thousand dollar traffic impacts study is compelling um it may be is he trying to buy a piece of land and build the house in town square is i mean that would probably take into factor but placer is such a rural county also mm-hmm. i know a lot of california counties do this to limit the growth of the county they don't want more people coming in and ruining the county you see it a lot a lot of the coastal counties monterey county santa cruz county san luis obispo county where they want to limit development along the beach line, but also other counties have picked it up. There's beautiful mountain ranges in Placer County. I don't want to downplay that beaches are more uh, attractive than mountains, but it just seems like a really weird power grab.
1: Well, don't you think that, and I I get your concern there, and that that was some of the concerns that was made by Mm -hmm. the county during the oral argument, but don't you think then that that, doesn't really relate to the proposed use here. I mean, yes, no, if you want to build a, a stadium, if I want to build a, a, a ballpark where we're going to have a bunch of kids coming in playing softball right. or, or baseball or, or, whatever, or whatever, yeah, let's study the traffic use patterns. If you're building a single family house, well, and it was so a home, mobile home. Need to study any traffic it, patterns, right?
0: It wasn't even like a, like a actual single family house, right? It was a modular home, it, Man, manufactured home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is the nice it, way so of saying it. Tra-
1: outside of no use, is there any use that's less burdensome on traffic <laughs> than a single family home?
0: No, not at all.
1: So why, why, why $24,000 study? Which, that's insane.
0: Right. Like I've seen like EIR reports, environmental impact reports that are about $25,000. And that makes sense. Hey, I'm going to bulldoze this meadow. Like right. let's, 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 let's look here. Is there an underground water source? Is there, right? Bro's putting up, a, he's backing up a tiny home, throwing up his container home. And it's going to be him and his dog, Brutus. Right. And we're in his 57 Chevy. Come on. Like, let it go, bro. You don't need
1: police over there trying to to navigate traffic and manage traffic. No, this is just simply a a person and his dog. So the Supreme Court, this is a case for the little guy. Please give the little guy a win here. Because this is not about, uh, again, you said some valid concerns there. California's worried about overpopulation, over Mm -hmm. burdensome on a certain area. We don't want to everyone to move into this town. Single-family homes has got to be the least burdensome use of land I can even think of outside of maybe farmland. I don't know.
0: Well, I think farmland's even more burdensome, right, between traffic and animal and water irrigation and all that. Like, single-family home, it's not that bad. There you go. But also, you know, how many many cases is this pulled together, right? How many times has Placer County tried to pass this $24,000 and people have just ate it?
1: Right. So – Exactly. Hey, you know, Supreme Court, give a win to the the little guy. Hey, Chris, it's been a great week. Enjoy your weekend of football, and we'll see you next week. Fantastic.